Welcome to the Holistic Healing Connection podcast with your host, holistic practitioner and mentor, Amber Cook. Join Amber and her guests weekly for insight and practical tips to help you succeed on your path to wellness. This episode is sponsored by HealingWays.com, nurturing business, cultivating health, growing community. Your one-stop holistic health resource, HealingWaze.com. Hi, I'm Amber Cook. I've spent my life practicing and experimenting with holistic and alternative healthcare because I believe it is the real healthcare, the way to well-being. So stick around because your holistic healing connection starts right now. Hey, welcome to today's episode. So you know in the beginning when I promise that eventually you're going to get to hear more about my story, uh, about me and my healing journey, and why I absolutely love and support holistic and alternative medicine. Well, you're not going to get that today. (laughs) Um, In fact, this episode is going to be a conversation, but I'm not leading the conversation. And that's how the next few episodes are going to be. So I apologize in advance if you're somebody that doesn't like change. And in fact, if that is you, you definitely need to stick around for this episode because that's talked about a little bit in here. And especially if you're a woman in midlife, this episode, I think, is going to really speak to you. Um, So this is actually going to be the first in our Ask a Healing Pro live series, hosted by my friend, Body Talk practitioner and Healing Ways team member, Lynn Del Mastro Thompson. Lynn's guest today is Sam Salinger. Sam is an intuitive empowerment coach for women in midlife. Because in her words, she knows the feeling of being lost and she knows what it's like to want more. Can you relate? I know I can. Sam is on a mission and it shows. Her mission is to help women remember their power and reclaim their voices. In this episode, which first appeared live on Facebook, Lynn and Sam chat about the easiest and fastest way to shift your mindset and learn how to trust yourself. One of my favorite quotes from Sam is, it's not an attitude of gratitude, it's a habit of gratitude. Enjoy. I honestly cannot remember how I came to work with empowering women in middle age, Um, but it is absolutely my mission. I feel like I've been put here to do this. It's it's my story too. I was a very disempowered, um, very insecure for a long time and um, so my mission, my tagline is I want women to remember their power and reclaim their voice. So that's what I do. And through that work in the last couple of years, I've really tapped into my intuitive um, abilities as well. So I use that as part of my practice. And that's been just amazing work as well. So that's how I got here. So feel free as you're joining. I see some people are joining live to pop comments below. I'll be asking um, questions for Sam as they come in. And I've got a couple to get started with if I'm not seeing a couple. And we did have a comment from Tess saying she's glad you listened to your heart and your intuition. So thank you. So tell us a little bit about what's the fastest way to begin to shift your mindset. Oh, man. Well, I, I feel like Um, the easiest and which is also the fastest is gratitude. I think that gratitude is so simple. Um, 
and such an easy thing to, to put into place in our life. And I really feel strongly that it is like the gateway to, uh, to the rest of change, that if you can lay the foundation of gratitude in your life, everything else will open up to you. So the important thing about gratitude though, that, um, that I really like to point out to my clients is it's not an attitude of gratitude. So it's one thing to, to sort of feel grateful, right? That's, that's great. But the, the practice and uh, it's actually a habit of gratitude will shift things so much faster than if you just kind of keep it all in the hamster wheel of our brain. So having an external practice, so a gratitude journal, that's one everybody knows about, but there are, I mean, just 10 or 15 off the top of my head, some free gratitude apps so you can do it on your phone. So you can even set alarms on these apps. So the same time every day, it will come up with a prompt. And it's really hard to ignore when your phone is squawking at you. Um, some of the apps, um, you can take a picture of something and add that to remember, have a visual reminder of something that you're feeling grateful for. But what I find is that when you can get to a place of feeling the gratitude for what you have when your life is going well, when things start to go not so well, which let's face it, it's life, it always happens. If you have that foundation built, you are already so far ahead of the game in resilience and grit that gratitude is just, it's sort of the gift that keeps on giving forever and ever. You can't unlearn gratitude. Once you felt it, you can't unfeel it. So to me, it's the first place I always start with clients who are trying to shift their mindset. Beautiful. Yeah. And why do you think gratitude is so powerful? I mean, why, why does it kind of your number one tool? I think that it creates neuropathways in our brain, new neuropathways. So I'm fascinated with brain science and when we get out of the historical default thinking of everything sucks, everything sucks, it's always me, sort of, you know, your type thinking. Uh, um, and we, we start creating these new neural pathways, opportunities open up, possibilities open up, but there's something about knowing that you can be grateful for the basics in your life and how actually miraculous they are and incredible they are that when all the other external stuff starts to fall apart when you have that foundation it's there's just something so empowering about it so i think it's neuropathways that's the physiology of it and then i also just think it's a perspective shift that if you always know like for instance i my my kitchen sink recently clogged and um I didn't have a drain that worked. And I, so it was like really hard to cook dinner and really hard to, you know, wash my hands. I didn't, couldn't run the dishwasher, blah, 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 right? All the things. Right. And I had eventually to call a plumber and I was frustrated because that's not cheap. Um, but instead of thinking, oh, that's so much money, I thought, oh my gosh, that is so little money to have a drain that functions. I can wash my hands in that sink. I can do dishes. And mm -hmm. that's the shift that happens. So that's just a super basic example after a, years of gratitude work. Mm -hmm. it, it, you bounce back very quickly. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely powerful when we can reframe it because it's so easy to get caught in that, you know, oh, it's just too much money. Why is this happening? Right. It's always me. It's always something. Right. Turning into kind of a victim or complaining and whining. Yeah. And then it gets bigger, right? So I have this, this drain that functions now and I can cook dinner for my kids and I can wash my dishes and I have a house, right? Like, and then you can just expand, expand, expand. So what starts to feel like scarcity and shrinking you down with lack actually is expansive and you start seeing the gifts everywhere. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, so we have a question from Amber and she says, what ages of women do you like to work with the most? Oh, hi, Amber, thanks. Um, so Oxford Dictionary um, actually defines middle age as 45 to 65, but I kind of feel like middle age starts in late 30s, and this is why. So perimenopause is one reason. Perimenopause can start as early as mid 30s and can last 10 to 15 years until somebody's in actual full-blown menopause. Um, and menopause is a huge, 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 huge thing that happens to women. It is a complete rewiring of all the systems, which is why there's so many incredibly um, frustrating, but also amazing things that can happen, changes and feelings that can happen. So um, I tend to think about 40 is the, the age of my clients that tend to come to me, but I have some women that come to me in their late 30s and I see women up into their 60s as well. But that kind of traditional middle age from 40 to 60 is a, the sweet spot for me. Beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. So keep the questions coming as people are hopping on live and I'll keep asking them. Um, so tell me a little bit, what do you think keeps people from making changes in their lives? What's what's the block there? Well, uh, well, there's a lot. It depends on the person for sure. But, you know, I think for most people it's fear. And it's interesting that it is not always fear of failure. A lot of times it's actually fear of success mm -hmm. and fear of getting bigger, right? So um, we want to be safe. We're built to be safe. We, you know, caveman days, we are built to, to go back. If we think back and the, you know, back to that brain science, the amygdala, it's always here to keep us safe. And the problem is we still kind of run our lives with our amygdala. They hijack us a lot. So we get, we feel threatened when we feel threatened and sometimes change can make us feel threatened because it's scary, it's different, it's new. And um, that can shut us down and actually creates this whole chemical reaction in our brain um, and the amygdala comes online and says, no, 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 back to the cave. You gotta be safe. You gotta stay, you know, with the plants you know and the food you know and the people you know and the places you know. But really change is letting go of stuff that isn't working for us, which is scary because we like to hold on to things that are familiar and moving into a place that we don't know or understand. So I kind of like to say sometimes it's like going into, you can go into a room that's well lit that you don't enjoy that much. <laughs> you <laughs> the furniture, it's uncomfortable, the couch is lumpy, you know, you'd really rather not spend a lot of time in there, the window, the lighting's not good, it's kind of depressing. Or you can go into the dark room that has zero lights and you don't know where the furniture is and you're going to have to go <laughs> right through. And there's potential for bruised shins and tripping over things and it's scary. So that's change. That's changing your life. So 
that's tricky. And then it comes back to gratitude, right? If you have the gratitude, it gives you strength to kind of make it through that dark room. Mm -hmm. Just to stay in the analogy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that fear of, you know, getting bigger is such a big thing. I see it with clients as well, you know, like taking up space, becoming more visible, um, you know, not having excuses like sometimes illness can also in the work that i do with clients it's like can serve a purpose really because it's like oh i can't do that because i don't feel well yeah so there's i think you're right on with with that piece for sure yeah and i think a lot of what i'm seeing and understanding with clients now is women do want to change my clients do want to change they want to find their passion And really what I see is it's not so much that they're looking for their passion. It's that they're looking for their own trust to know their own value and to trust themselves fully. And when you have that, you do have your passion with you. But it's, you know, it's very um, simple, but it's not easy to do that work. So tell me a little bit about what your process is like with clients when they're kind of trying to to tap into that passion. Yeah. So a lot, I always start with the story. So what's your story? Because our stories are so valuable. They tell, you know, I, I, when people start telling me their stories, stories of what they're wrestling with in the present, things that they're um, in their past, they're, you know, what they do in their families, homes. Um, it reveals so much, right? You can see where they're drawing their strength and also where they're they're being challenged and held back. So starting with our stories is so important. Um, and then I would say really identifying old thought patterns and old ways of moving through the world. So, um, and then really identifying those, what the ones that aren't working and trying to find out how how do you want to be in the world? What are the things that the ways that are going to serve you and starting to to work on a practice of recognizing old default thought patterns and choosing the new thought patterns instead. And so really working on awareness, 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 awareness is, I think, the, the umbrella over all of this, that when we're not just allowing our thoughts to happen and then reacting to them without being tuned in, um, that's when we get stuck. And we're in the old room with the lumpy couch, right? It's comfortable, but... Um, so It's not so great. <laughs> right. So, um, yeah, so look, kind of really owning your story and then really having the awareness about the thought patterns and working on shifting those. And then really identifying the why, you know, that what is your why? Because you can complain all you want, but if you don't know why you want to change, you're not going to have the motivation and the strength when it gets hard. And it does get hard. So that's a very quick cliff note version um of, of course there's so well, well, complexities and yeah yeah um and lots of lots of awesome tools and techniques and then really a lot of what coaching does is take things that are really big and i don't know about any of you guys or you lynn that when i have something that i want to do i tend to my anxiety tends to come out with overwhelm so i look at something and i i can see all the things that have to happen that need to get me from A to B. And I go, nope, 
that is way too big. And I completely shut down. And when I shut down, I mean, I shut down. Like, I can't take a walk or binge watch. Like, I have to take a nap when I get that shut down. I just really have to go offline. Um, it's ironic because I can nap really well, but I don't sleep well at night. Um, <laughs> thanks, menopause. Um, so, uh, so that a lot of what I help clients do is take that overwhelm and break it down into bite-sized pieces and, and deal with each individual step makes it very manageable instead of completely overwhelming because we won't do something if we, you know, we can't find our way through it. So um, that's another piece that I do with my clients often. Yeah. I think that's important. I was talking to some clients yesterday about like, we're not going to make 10 changes right now. We're going to find like one or two simple things that you can start doing instead of you're not going to do 10 things. I know you won't. No, right. Nobody will. None of us do. I mean, we're a very rare person that goes, well, not active at all, but next year I'm going to run a marathon. Right. I mean, it's, it's just so hard. You go, no, I'm going to run a mile. Right. (laughs) And, 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 and we build up and, and we can use that analogy for anything that we're doing. But sometimes it's just so hard to do it in our own heads because we spin and we have those old thought patterns and we do get scared. And then the overwhelm has more power than the ability to chunk it down into bite-sized pieces. Very much, yeah. yeah. That's awesome that you help people work through, like how can we make this you know, step-by-step for you? Yeah, that's really the best. That's what I love about coaching um, is that it really is about moving people forward in totally meetable ways, you know, meetable goals, small goals along the way that when you look back, you go, whoa, I can't believe I did all that. And it wasn't that hard. Mm-hmm. Having somebody to help you break it down and stay accountable to is is it's pretty awesome. Yes. <laughs> Having a team is so important and so many aspects. Cool. Well, keep the questions coming. I keep looking over. And so if you've got questions for Sam, make sure you're posting them in the comments. I'm loving the conversation that we're having so far. We would love to see some more questions popping in as well. Um, So another question I have for you is, um, how do you like to work with people? Do you tend to work with people kind of for longer periods of time or do they work with you just kind of like session by session? Yeah, great question. So I really love to work with people for at least a few months um, or two months if it's every week sort of thing. Um, What I found is that coaching really is sort of a, it's a process and it's sort of a high growth and um, a lot of change. And then around between four and six sessions in, what I find is that all the things, all the the scary voices and the scary, you know, changes that are coming as somebody's right on the edge of about to really shift their mindset big time, it gets real scary. And it, and um, I, people dip down for a couple of weeks where I get emails and calls like, oh, I feel like I'm getting depressed again, or I feel like I can't do it, or, um, you know, I think I just want to retreat. And I know that if they stick to it, they will actually come out and just take off. Um, So I never want to leave people in that low trough of feeling because um, 
it's so temporary, but if you, if you stay there and you don't get pulled out or pull yourself out with help, it's, um, you know, it can be kind of, it, it can be a little bit devastating in that it can move you backwards instead of forward. Mm -hmm. So I tend not to do session by session because it is, it is a process. And so what's so great about um, coaching is so much of the transformation happens between sessions because and you probably see the same thing where you teach somebody a tool or you have a discussion, you plant seeds, you computer just, <laughs> you're back, you're back. <laughs> um, and, um, and so the growth can be really, really, really powerful and fast. Um, but I find it takes about eight sessions to have that process happen. So I don't tend to work, you know, sort of therapists, you kind of drop in one, one session at a time, you know, give a call when you feel like you need more. Um, that being said, there's nothing wrong with working a session at a time, um, mm -hmm. but I really like to, to take people who are really ready to shift their lives and, and take them on the full progression. So I tend to work a couple months. I, I like to do um, session packages because months sometimes don't work. Life is life, you know, um, like we're coming up to the holidays. Um, so I feel like if you have a bunch of sessions, you just know that you're going to show up for that many sessions as long as it takes us to mm -hmm. get, depending on kids and holidays and travel and yada, yada. Yeah. Um, I do work with groups, um, with a little less time, six, six meetings, um, is a great start with a group because it really builds the foundation for a lot of transformation and growth. But overall, I, I tend to work a little bit longer with people. Beautiful. Yeah, I, I like to work with people longer term, too. I, I found over time that it was like when I was just kind of working session by session, it didn't get the same results as when we know we're going through a process and they know they're supported step by step. And there's that kind of container created by the commitment. So it's very exactly. powerful. Exactly. And there really is something about, about a client and I've been that client for many times where I've said, okay, yes, I'm going to do this. I'm committed. And I've, you know, committed to a certain number of, of sessions and you get a few in and you go, well, this is getting a little uncomfortable. And you know that if you hadn't committed, you'd scram. And, um, yeah. and I'm always, 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 always so grateful and glad that I did have the commitment and then I stuck with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how sometimes right before that breakthrough, we're ready to like run away or it's, it feels too hard and we want to stop. It really does. Yeah. Yep. It's human nature, I think. <laughs> Again, it's the analogy you were talking about, the dark room versus the, the known room with the lumpy couch. <laughs> yeah. You have one foot in and you go, oh, it's kind of scary. Yeah. Well, if you had to leave people with kind of one piece of wisdom that you kind of most want to share today for anybody who's listening, what would that be? Mm. <laughs> Sorry, that was a big one, I guess. Heads up on that one, Lynn. Um, you know, what popped into my head is one piece of wisdom would be you can do it. You can do it. You're worth it and you can do it. And you know, when I was in coaching school, um, I heard this 
this saying, if you spot it, you got it. And what it means is anything, it's both sides of the coin. So anything that you see that annoys you in somebody else, it's probably triggering. It's a little bit of a reflection of something you might have. But more importantly, if you see something that somebody's doing that you go, oh gosh, I wish I could do that, or I could never do that, or you're attracted to in somebody else. I don't mean attracted to, not romantically, but drawn to or inspired wow, by. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you have that. You have it. The reason that you're even paying attention to it is it's already within you. And so my guess my piece of wisdom would be that um, you're totally capable and you just need a team to support you to help you see it for yourself because I bet you everybody else sees it. So um, that would be it, that you really can do it. And there are so many people and so many resources and there's a community just waiting to lift you up and support you in whatever you want to do. Beautiful. Yeah, I think that's wonderful wisdom. Sometimes it's just whatever pops through is like what mm -hmm. you shared. So thank you for sharing that with us. You're very welcome. Awesome. Well, is there anything left that you'd like to share that I didn't give you a chance to? I think we've kind of covered what's new and, and who you work with, but was there anything that you else you wanted to share before we sign off for today? I will just also share that I do have a private Facebook group that is just a support for women in midlife. So, you know, it's a place to post health questions, perimenopause, menopause questions, um, funny stories, um, anything where you're looking to get it advice, support, just a community online. And um, if you email me, you can, I will happily add you. You can also just find it. It's called Reclaim Middle Age. And that um, if you just reach out to me, I'll add you if you're a woman in middle age, um, if you're an appropriate fit, which I'm sure, I don't know why you'd <laughs> want to be there if you weren't. Um, but um, you know, this is a really hard time. It's middle age for women. It can be really tricky. It, it's a little bit ironic that um, it should be a time when women are the most happy. You know, they've you kind of get past caring what people think and you've got more money and you can kind of live the life you want. Your career is kind of settled. Kids are not as needy. But it turns out that women in midlife aren't the happiest. There actually can be it can be the hardest time. So um, I just want to offer that if you're feeling that way, if you're feeling invisible, if you're feeling like disconnected, you feel sort of not as present in your life as you would like to feel, there are lots and lots of reasons that could be happening. And um, I just want to be a support for you in whatever way I can. So um, to know that you're not alone, it's completely normal, and um, it doesn't take that much to get you back on track and really actually totally rocking the second half of your life. And um, I like to say what I want to teach women to do is blow their own damn minds. So um, nice. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, make the second half really the life of the life you really want and not the life you're stuck with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is such a time that we can create such, you know, freedom and, and really access all of those dreams. So it's awesome to have support on that process if that's not feeling like it's easily attainable for you for some reason. It is. And we, I think that at this point, we've had so many messages sometimes that keep us small and we start feeling guilty when we start putting ourselves first. And so that's another big, big one I'd like to, I'd like to help people move through. 
You've just listened to Holistic Healing Connection with me, Amber Cook. You can find out more about me and other holistic healers, coaches, and practitioners at healingways.com. That's healing, W-A-Z-E.com, or on most major social media outlets. If you're a holistic professional and would like to be a guest on this podcast, please go to healingways.com to join. If you have been helped by holistic or alternative medicine, I'd love to help you share your story on this podcast to help inspire others. Please email us at info at healingways.com with the title podcast guest. And don't forget to come back every week for more holistic fun. Thanks for listening and have a beautiful day.